Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. The Gospel for this weekend gives us that classical image of God as our shepherd, and we are the sheep that he tends to and cares for and guides in this world and the world to come of heaven. If you look at the Old Testament, throughout the Old Testament you see that image of God as the shepherd. I'll give you some examples. Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. In verdant pastures he gives me repose. Or Ezekiel 34.15, I myself will pasture my sheep. I myself will give them rest, says the Lord. Up and down the Old Testament, we see that image of God as that shepherd, and we are the sheep. Just before this gospel passage for this morning, Jesus says what? I am the good shepherd. And so Jesus embodies that image of the good shepherd. So it begs the question then, What makes the shepherd good? Well, the first quality or characteristic that makes the shepherd good is that he lays down his life for his sheep. Jesus will say later on, a hired man sees a wolf and he runs away. So the first quality that makes a shepherd good is that the shepherd is orientated not to himself, but is completely orientated or focused on his sheep. In fact, He is so devoted to his sheep, he's willing to surrender his life that they might live. Now, when we first hear that, we think, well, that's very sentimental or that's very pious. But more we think about that, the more odd it becomes if we see it in relative terms. Would a shepherd honestly lay down his life for a bunch of animals? Now, think about it. You are a first century Jew. You're standing right next to Jesus as he says this. Now, 2,000 years ago in the first century in Israel, it was very common practice to go out into the fields and see shepherds tending to their flock of sheep. It was a common practice, and it is today. But when you think about it, a pack of wolves descend upon a flock of sheep. Well, the shepherd will do all they can defend the sheep. But then when the wolves turn and threaten the shepherd's life, then we would not hold anything against that shepherd if he takes off to save his life. After all, the sheep are just animals. But a good shepherd, yes, he should do all he can to protect the sheep. But who among us would expect that shepherd to sacrifice himself? And so again, if you are a first century Jew, hearing this for the first time, and seen on a regular basis, shepherds and their sheep, you would say this is an odd statement to make. A shepherd to lay down his life for animals? Now, we would say it is practical and even relative that maybe a parent could lay down their life to save their child or their children. 
Or maybe a soldier sacrifices himself on the battlefield in order to save comrades in arms. But a shepherd to die to protect some animals? There's a big difference between human beings and animals, especially sheep. And so, if you are a first century Jew hearing this, you would say this is an absurd concept. You know, for a human being to lay down their life for a bunch of animals? Now, apply that same logic with us and God. There is a humongous, a huge and infinitely great difference between us and God. Now, if you're, again, hearing this in the first century, you would say this is absurd that God, the God that freed the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, that separated the Red Sea so the Israelites could cross, that led the Israelites through the desert and to the promised land, now he's willing to die to save the Israelites? You would say, well, that's absurd. Well, Jesus is telling us this is what God will do for us and has. And so 2,100 years later, we know that Jesus did this on the cross. But we have to stop and think about this. And if we aren't shocked by this, we're not paying attention. I think God, what he's doing right now, he's reaching out and grabbing us and maybe shaking us out of our spiritual complacency. This is an incredible revelation. In the ancient world, no one at all would expect or even imagine that God, the God that made this entire universe and the human race, would be willing to die in order to save us all. As I said before, there are no lengths to which God will go to save us. God will stop at nothing to save and protect us. And so, that's the first quality or characteristic that makes Jesus a good shepherd, that he's orientated to us and us alone. Now, what's a second quality or characteristic that makes Jesus the good shepherd? Well, he tells us in the gospel for this morning, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. A shepherd's voice is distinctive from all other voices. And we know that and we recognize that voice. I saw that firsthand when I had the opportunity to study in Israel along with my classmates for several months. Whenever we had some free time, my friends and I would go out to the country and visit shepherds and watch them as they tended to their sheep. Now, just as in the first century and today, the sheep were raised for various reasons, for milk, for wool, even for meat. Now, it was also interesting how these shepherds treated their sheep. It's not like how we treat animals here in the United States. We build a pen, we essentially bring the animals into the pen, and then we don't tend to them. But instead, the shepherds were always present with their sheep, tending to their needs, you know, giving them an ability to graze and pasture, providing water for them, or even protection. Now at night, all the shepherds would essentially gather their sheep into one large pen for safety. And in the morning, all the sheep were mixed up. And it was interesting. I asked a shepherd, I said, you know, how do you determine your sheep amongst all the others? They weren't tagged. They weren't branded. They didn't have a collar around their neck. He said to me, just watch. And it was very interesting. The first shepherd, he went and he stood at the entrance gate. 
And he started calling out the same call and continued that call. And after a few minutes, after a while, his sheep gradually made it up to the entrance gate. And then he counted all of his sheep. And then as as soon as he knew he had all the sheep in front of that gate, he opened up the gate. And then he began to walk in front of them, all the time calling out to them. And when his sheep had finally left the gate, they closed the gate entrance, and then the next shepherd came. And then he would call out, or he would sing a simple tune. And he would keep singing that same tune again and again. And his sheep gradually made it way, their way all the way to the entrance gate. And then he too would open the gate, and his sheep would then begin to follow them as he led them out to pasture. And it was the distinctiveness of his voice. His sheep recognized his voice. They knew who he was, and they followed. What was so amazing is that the scripture passage that we read for this weekend was coming alive before our own eyes. Now, my friends and I tried to distract the sheep, tried to call out to them, but they would not respond to us because they didn't recognize our voice. We even tried to block their way from essentially following the shepherd. And even though they didn't see the shepherd, they continued to hear his distinctive voice. And they simply walked right around us. And see, this is precisely what Jesus is getting at. This is what happens to us and God. There's a very distinctiveness to God's voice. That's why Jesus says it in the gospel. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. We hear Jesus's voice. And like sheep, we perk up. And why not? Remember, we were all created in the image and likeness of God. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. We are wired for God. And so, we naturally recognize God's voice in our life. And that's the key. To recognize and distinguish His voice from all the other voices in our life. And there are many voices in our life calling to us. They come in different forms. Fame, fortune, honor, power, materialism, they all are calling out to us for us to follow those things. But we long to hear God's voice and we follow it. And this is why it is so important for us to come to Mass every week, to pray every day, to engage opportunities of lifelong faith formation. These are all ways in which we hear God's voice leading us to him. One last thing to think about. Yes, we hear God's voice, but he hears our voice. Every time we pray, every time we come to Mass, we call out to God and he hears our voice. He knows us. He knows our families. Better yet, he knows our struggles and our challenges. And as the good shepherd, he stays with us. He doesn't abandon us. He stays with us to care for us, and better yet, to guide us in this world and the world to come, the world we are all attending to, heaven. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.